0: recorded live in the phantasmo lounge high atop the chris rorschach building in beautiful midtown portsmouth virginia it's phantasmo after dark with your host rob floyd and special guest co-host ron smith tonight's topic flash Ah! gordon well hey everybody welcome back to the old podcast here hey ron how's it going
1: it's doing very well, brother, and uh, hail me to you. Thank right.
0: You. Ron, join us via satellite uh, in the lounge tonight. Yes,
1: yes. And,
0: and via satellite, I mean. Modern technology. Yeah, via satellite, I mean, over the phone. But, uh, you know, hey, we do what we can. That's
1: right. We'll make do
0: Now, you know, this is one, again, once in a while, we'll, we'll come up with one for the podcast, and it's like, pff, why haven't we talked about this one yet? And this is another one this has always been one of my favorite movies Phyllis's favorite movies and I know it's been one of your favorite movies yes and yeah it's like why haven't we done this one yet and there's so much to talk about about this movie
1: yes there's a there's a lot and I was actually kind of surprised when I uh, I sent you a message asking if you were gonna do one about the uh, the 40th and oh yeah like, oh you're like oh oh shoot yeah, oh, yeah
0: yeah and that's right that's this year right?
1: Yeah, that yeah. is this year. So f- this December fifth.
0: Yeah. So well, hey, you know this. Well, this might be out right at that
1: time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Timing is everything.
0: Yes, it is. Didn't I? Did you get to see this in the theater when it came out? I did. Yeah. Um, me yeah, too. I'm a,
1: I'm a first. We are first generation uh, Flash uh, Flash <laughs> people. Yeah. I was. Uh, let's see. When was uh, I was in seventh grade. And I was probably—I think I was still 12 years old. So yeah, I, yeah. S- I saw it in the theater, and uh, you, needless to say, to a you know to the 12-year-old mind, I was just like, "Oh man, this is the best movie ever!" Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I was—I was kind of a Flash Gordon fan before that, mm-hmm. probably, probably a couple of years before I, I discovered Flash Gordon. Yeah. And then I especially became a fan with the uh, the 1979. The, the cartoon series that was out. Yeah. Filmation put out.
0: Yeah, which is on yeah. um Roku Roku, uh maybe it's Tubi or Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, one of those has that on right yeah. now, which I'm gonna start watching here soon. I just saw it the oh, other day.
1: That's a that's a great series. Yeah. So, you know, I was a, I was a fan of that already. And then I, I guess I probably found out that the movie was coming out probably, you know, saw it on, you know you know, Starlog magazine or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah and then I was just like, oh, <gasps> oh man. So, yeah, yeah, man. You know,
0: going back and watching this again, and I was watching, as I talked to you briefly before we started recording here, but I was watching the DVD just today, actually, and some of the extras on it. And Alex Ross had some, some really cool insights and talking about his love for the movie. Yeah. And one of the things he said is, and I said this to Phyllis while we we're watching, said, you know, every time I see this, and I haven't seen it in a while, I see little things that I don't remember seeing before. hmm You know, because there's so much, visually, there's so much going on in this movie. Oh, it's stunning. I mean, the, d- the design of this whole thing, from the sets to the costumes to the props, everything, it's just off the charts. And yes. when you see this nice, clean DVD print, which I'm dying to see the Blu-ray, like you were saying, but this nice, clean print, you really see the detail in some of these costumes mm-hmm. where it's like, that's all like hand beaded work, man, you know,
1: <laughs> or hand yeah, rhinestone. Yeah. It's,
0: it's not like just they got this fabric and threw a costume together.
1: You know? No, no, and no. There's... They put a lot into that. The, um, I was uh, doing a little bit of research beforehand, and they said that uh, just Ming's costume alone, Yeah. you know, it had like over 30,000 of those little, little beads on there. Man. And I was watching an interview with uh, Sam Jones, and he was saying that thing, he said that thing had to have weighed like 60 pounds. Yeah. And it was, like, really heavy. And Bon Seedow, he was, uh, you know, it was so heavy, he would just have, in between takes, he'd just kind of have to rest every <laughs> once in a while with that, that thing, you know. But, I bet, man. But, yeah, so that, and, the, like, the Hawkman costumes, mm-hmm. it was just crazy.
0: Yeah, I was reading something about that, is that the Hawkman, all the Hawkmen, they couldn't sit down in those costumes. Because right. the way they were made in the wings, they had to lay on their stomachs to rest.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so looked, right. they were
0: flying all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, Brian Blessed had his, had his own little uh, bird perch, basically. <laughs> so they they built him a bird perch, and you know, they, so the crew would tease him when he's sitting there on his bird perch, and they yeah. come along like, you know, Polly, a cracker, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, this, I'm jumping. We're gonna be jumping all around in in this. Oh yeah, like we always do here. But yeah, you know, Lorenzo Simple Jr., screenwriter for this, and also had a big hand in the Batman, the '66 Batman movie. Uh, writing that and all, and it just kind of hit me during this viewing this time, is that uh, Brian Blessed, Hawkman, bird character, is a lot like Burgess Meredith's Penguin character, where his delivery of his lines, and Mm -hmm. some of the stuff he kind of says almost under his breath, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and some of it was ad-libbed, I understand, Uh, but some of that kind of like, smart-ass comments to himself kind of (laughs) thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that, yeah. Speaking of ad lib and Brian Blessed, one of the things that was ad lib was uh, when they were in the, the Hawkman City. Yeah. And uh, when he walked up behind Dale and he kind of gave her a little goose. Oh, yeah. Went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said, That's that awesome. An and she wasn't expecting it, so that when he goes, that, <laughs> she said, that was for real. By delivering you, I allay his suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And Mad. I can see Brian Blessed doing that. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, the, man's, the man is insane, really.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know He looks like he has such a ball doing the movie. He was just having fun the whole time. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: It's it's kind of funny. He um, he said before he was, when he was called in to uh, audition for it, I mean, he just pretty much flat out was going to tell him, no, I'm going to have this part. <laughs> and, uh he, they, he said he he walked into the wherever they were doing the audition, uh-huh. and I guess they had already kind of decorated the room around with some like flashboard and stuff, and apparently oh. they they had like a picture of Voltan up on the thing, but it was like a drawing or something uh-huh. like that, like one of Alex Raymond's drawings. Yeah. And uh, he walked in, and he looked up, and he and he said to himself, like, well, son of a boo, they've already cast someone. Or <laughs> but then he realized it wasn't him, and then he was like, you know, it, was, it wasn't somebody, yeah. and he was like. He's like, my God, it looks just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and lucky, lucky for all of us, he uh, he won the uh, won the part. Oh yeah, wait, well, he, he's he was, the... he was like perfect. Oh yeah, I can't I can't think of another actor at the time who who could have pulled that off the way he did. Oh yeah, he's like,
0: if there's a high spot in the movie, I mean, the whole thing's a high spot. But if there's a high spot, it's Brian Bless as, as Voltan. You, you look forward every time he's on the screen. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, everybody is good in it, and apparently, I, I'm i not going to read off the whole list, but there's, uh of course, you know, Timothy Dalton played James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, who's Prince Baron in this, but there's like, I don't know, a handful of actors in Flash Gordon that have been in different Bond movies over the years. True. Yeah. You know, Brian Bless, I Robbie Coltrane is Robbie Coltrane. is just the guy who's loading the luggage on the airplane at the beginning. Yeah. You know,
1: and I didn't. I didn't actually know that until. Like <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> three years ago, I was looking through the. I was looking through as many times as I've seen this film. You know, I, I, I said before we started recording, I've seen this like thirty or forty times. Yeah. Maybe even more over my lifetime. Yeah. I never even knew that until I was just kind of going down through the IMDb list. Yeah. And there was Robbie Coltrane. I was like. What the crap? And, and then That's, I found a screen cap, yeah. of him, and I was like, "Well, son of a gun!" Yeah, well,
0: it was like <laughs> Dan Aykroyd him. in Temple of Doom. That's right. You know, it's almost the same role. <laughs> right. right. And of course, you know, talking about it now, we you know shift into the casting here. Of course, Ming the Merciless, see oh, Al, perfect, perfect, could not think of anybody else to, to do that as as smarmy and evil and smooth as he did. Even now, I can't think of anybody—not even just yeah. then—but some of the odd, you know, odd things that slip in. Richard O'Brien is Richard one of the tree men. I was
1: good ready to bring him up, say, "Oh, you know, hey, one of your Rocky Horror dudes there." Yeah, you know,
0: and yeah, and Alex Ross in his interview uh, thing mentioned that brought up Rocky Horror, and not even talking about O'Brien, but talking about how Flash Gordon is one of those movies that it didn't do great at the box office, but it found its audience, or its audience found it. Right, and it's either you get it or you don't get it, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he said, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> you know? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Flash Gordon is definitely that man. It's one of those movies that it is beloved, and it's got a huge cult following. We showed it at the Narrow a few years ago, and the place was just about packed. Mm-hmm. You know, for this movie, rightly so, and uh, we did some really cool stuff with it to get the audience in the mood. We we had had built or a couple of girls were there, built a fake tree stump with holes in it. And we had a guy hiding in it (laughs) and we were giving away door prizes and they had to stick their hands in and whoever got, you know, scratched or touched won the prize.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that was awesome. But, uh, what's funny is over the summer since, you know, in in the summer of, uh, COVID where you mm -hmm. couldn't go to the beach or anything, but my better half and I, we would, we would go to the like the state parks. We did a lot of hiking in the woods. Oh yeah. And and every time we came across a tree stump that had like a hole going <laughs> in it, she would she would look at me and go, Test manhood? Like, right, no, I'll pass. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: alone makes her a keeper.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> a
0: keeper. Just for that.
1: <laughs> Just for that. Yeah, exactly. She'll look at me, she'd did I did I win girlfriend points for that? I'm like, oh yes you did. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, going back to the cast, I uh, yeah, it is. I can't think of anyone in that whole film who who just didn't fit it perfectly.
0: Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, and it was written just, for. I mean, it's almost like it was written for each of the people. Yeah, you know, and not just for the characters. I mean, oh, another one struck me watching this again. Uh, Topal as Zarkov.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He he's perfect in this. He's Ooh. over the top, but just. He just ropes it in from just before going over the top.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and the way he played that, and I don't know if if this was intentional or not, but you know, I'm a I'm a huge Flash Gordon fan of everything. I mean, going all the way back to the Alex Raymond. Oh yeah, comics. Uh huh. And the way, if you go back and read Alex's first strips, uh huh, for like the very first year of Flash Gordon, especially the first five or six strips. Yeah. The movie. Beginning pretty much follows those strips. Oh,
0: okay. And
1: when um, when they first when Dale and Flash you know the plane crashes and they go and they find Zarkov. Zarkov in the comic strips is literally crazy. He's he's like out of his mind crazy. Oh, okay. So it's it pretty much ties in with the way Popol played him. Mm-hmm. You know that over the top mad scientist style. Yeah. And then when they get to when they got to Mongo, he kind of mellowed out. Yeah, somewhat. And somewhat. that's the way it also did it in the in the in the comic strip too. Oh, okay, he that's cool. This, he didn't stay this raving, yeah, maniac. But so I don't I don't know if that was intentional or you know the way Simple wrote the script or or the way Topol interpreted it. I'm not sure, but
0: yeah, I lo- I love his his whole delivery though on you know on everything like when he at the beginning like you say when he's kind of mad and crazy and he. <laughs> But he's and get your toothbrush. Yeah, but he but he's simple at like, but why why are you running? Just because I'm shooting at you, you know? That's Come right. on. <laughs> he just doesn't understand why you don't want to do this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the guy that's running?
1: Williams oh, yes. Porkins, William Hopkins. That's right.
0: Porkins oh, yeah. and top men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that man. guy is, is one of those guys who's had a career, man. Oh, you know?
1: uh, Christ.
0: Knocks, nice, you know. Mm-hmm. He's been in some iconic movies, small parts. Oh, yeah. Memorable, though, you know, yes. and and quotable. Mm-hmm. Almost there. Can't
1: That's hold her. Right. She's it up,
0: <laughs> you know. That's right. And a name, Williams Hootkins. That's a William name. William
1: Hootkins. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, the whole going back to the cast, like I said, uh, their performances and everything, you know, Peter Weingard. Oh, yeah. As, uh, as Clytus. Just, you know, just the way he was just so dripping with disdain. Uh, you know, disdain and Especially Elutinous with the way he says. And disdain. And disdain. Yes. <laughs> An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How pathetic. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> it's just like he wants a. Sp- bit on whoever he just talked to. Exactly. <laughs> he, just, he just hates them. Again, the design. He looked amazing. Mm-hmm. That angular armored face and then the black mm-hmm. robe with the gold accents. And and I just noticed, how did I not notice this before? He's like, has one gold arm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? It's like it's like some... <laughs> I it's, never it's like saw that prosth- before. It's like something, ha- something happened to Clytus and he's got this one prosthetic golden arm. Yeah. With, you know? <laughs> but yeah oh and yeah, the, the the cost and the, what gets me is that film was and it's been said before how that film was overlooked for the academy award for like set design and costume oh and yeah yeah it was it was you know that's criminal it was it was an insult
0: i mean the costumes were and we you know, like we said out of this world there was no cgi it was all extras so there were right. thousands of co- at least, well, hundreds of costumes, I would say, at oh, least. Yeah. Yeah. And each character, each of the main characters, had at least three costume changes, mm-hmm. if not more. Ming had, what, three or four? Flash had, yeah, three or four. like, four. Dale had, how? who knows how many. Aura? At
1: least three. Oh, Ornella Muti. Can yes. we take a moment? Oh, 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 yes.
0: You're talking about somebody dripping with sex. <laughs> you know, sex <laughs> yeah. appeal, sexuality. She was... This movie was for kids and their dads. Okay, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, she is smoldering every time mm-hmm. she's on screen.
1: Yep, and and it's talked about how you know there there were so many uh, you know nods to the sexuality of it from the costumes to just the you know it's like everybody was lusting after everybody and stuff like that. Yeah, which which also tied in. Again, back to the the original comic strip. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look, a lot of Alex Raymond's strips, they were drawn that way, too. I mean, everyone yeah. was scantily clad and oh yeah, this, you know. So. You know, and
0: there's lots—it's weird because it's a kid's movie, but there's really? lots of that underlying sexuality and, and overt sexuality, but it's not put in your face that that's what it right. is. It's right. just there with the scantily costumes among the action that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's the one scene, there's the bondage scene where Ara is getting tortured, interrogated, yep. but they're whipping her and she's almost spread eagle on her stomach, you know, tied down. Mm-hmm. And Ming is like, "You know, I keep torturing her. Go ahead."
1: You yeah. <laughs> know. The traitor is close to confession, Your Majesty. Should we stop the torture? No. Whatever. I'm just gonna watch. Yeah. yeah. I'll just sit here, keep keep drinking, and. Uh... Dipping my fruit in my cup, and yeah. uh, all that stuff. <laughs>
0: but it's not like put in your face that this is a sexual thing, right? It's she's being tortured because she, we want to get the information, and she's being punished, and you know, amongst or this
1: Titus's line later when he says, you know, I think she uh, actually enjoyed it, <laughs> yeah, and
0: yeah, there's that like almost under your breath kind of lines like that that you go, hey, wait a minute now, what? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's that it's got that like I so said that smoldering sexuality, but it's this bright colorful action film and campy mm-hmm. film so mm-hmm. it's got all this stuff rolled into it that you see it on different levels at different ages you know right. and when you go see it as a kid it's just this great space fantasy action movie and then you mm-hmm. get a little older and you see oh this is kind of campy you know but right. it's fu- enjoyable campy it's not like making fun of itself You know, it's not nod and wink to the crowd. Like we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing is ridiculous, but we're doing it. It's not that kind of campy, you know, it's more like the Batman where it was. It's a smart campy. Right. And what makes it, I think what makes it work is the caliber of actors they've got in it. You Mm -hmm. know, they've got a lot of these great, these really great British actors, stage actors, you know, kind of like apes. Apes Mm -hmm. wouldn't have worked if it didn't have Maurice Evans, Roddy McDowell, Kim Hunter. Exactly. It just would not have worked. And this is the same way. I think if they would have had anybody less playing Ming or Voltan or Clitus, it, it just, it would have degenerated into that low budget crap, you know, zone.
1: Yep. I agree. You know, especially since like for Sam, I mean, this was his, what, his second feature film. I yeah. Think? And his,
0: and his first starring vehicle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: His first starring vehicle. So, I mean, he was, he was still a bit, uh, I won't say unpracticed, but A little green though, uh, new to it. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a little green, but um,
0: but you know it's kind of good. I think in a way because you had that kind of almost wide eyed optimism, inexperienced for the the type of hero he was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, you know, just and clean cut straightforward,
0: wholesome hero. football player, all American. Right. You know, yeah, throwback to the what the thirties mm-hmm. type of character when you know when he was originally created. And I think he pulled that off, you yeah. know. And it's it's really cool. You know what he does for a living, or what he's been doing?
1: He's uh, he owns a security company, doesn't he?
0: Yes, and he's done like hostage rescue stuff.
1: Yeah. So yeah. he really is Flash Gordon, he, he, exactly. <laughs> I mean, can you
0: can you picture how awesome that would be? Not that anybody ever want to be kidnapped, but. If you got kidnapped and all of a sudden the door gets kicked in and it's Flash Gordon standing there. Hey, Flash Gordon, that's right. And you he'll turn to the guy next him. to you and go, he'll save every one of us. He'll
1: save you know? every- hey, He's a savior of the universe. You know? That's right. But yeah, that, that would be uh, something to be like, yeah. oh, thank you. This- but, hey, wait a minute. I- <laughs> or
0: the door busts Don't in and you? and you hear, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Oh
0: <laughs> Now I tell you, I got a huge thrill a few years ago. Tidal War Comic Con around here, the guy that runs it asked me if, if I would um, be interested in moderating a panel with Sam Jones.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm like, uh, yeah, how much I got to pay you for that?
1: Gee, you know, let me say, <laughs> you know,
0: and so it was cool because it wasn't really a panel. It was just Sam Jones and it was going to be a Q&A session. And I, and I was sitting up there beside him moderating. You know, so if anybody asked questions, you know, I would kind of just ask some questions to him myself. To keep the thing going, you know, and and pick people to raise their hands to answer, the, ask the questions, and let me tell you, he's, it was almost like being next to a superhero. I mean, yeah, Sam yeah. Jones, I mean, however old he is now, he's still built like a football player. He, he's a big guy. He is a big yeah. dude. He was at least, I mean, I'm like five five, so he he was at least six three six yeah, five.
1: Yeah, he's about six. Yeah, he's about six three. Yeah, six four. He
0: was big, broad um, shoulders, still huge arms, still you know works set. I mean, I think he could have you know just broke the table right there and punched the wall with no problem. And he could
1: still play Flash.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And nice guy. He was extremely nice guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I did get to meet him at a con probably about two years ago. Hmm. So, but it was just more the you yeah. know, the autograph line, meet and greet. But, uh, but yeah, he was gracious to everybody, gracious to me, Yeah, would, you know, take pictures and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah unfortunately, genuinely yeah. nice.
0: Yeah. I didn't get a picture with him cause I was just concerned with moderating the panel and it was over and then he had to get back to the thing and I was like, damn, I didn't get a picture. <laughs> oh, oh. Somebody took a couple pictures in the audience that I got later, you know, uh, which is kind of cool, but, and I didn't get his autograph, but we were, we always just to go to Dragon Con all meet up all of us. And have a good time. And one of the times that he was supposed to be there was during, I think it was Hurricane Katrina had come through.
1: Katrina, yeah.
0: And Melody Anderson was there. So I got her autograph. And I, I asked her, I said, hey, uh, you know, what? Sam was supposed to be here. You know, do you know what happened to him? She said, yeah. He went down to help out in New Orleans, to help out mm-hmm. uh, Relief with Hurricane Katrina. I'm like, he really is Flash Gordon. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. He really is a
0: hero. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool when you know your heroes. You find out that they really are well, heroes. They're really you know cool exactly, people. Yeah. You know? yeah. This this is one of those films. Like I said, I, um, a few months ago, we showed this at the Narrow, and the experience of seeing this thing on on TV, no matter how big your TV is, is cool. But to see it in the theater mm-hmm. on that big screen because it is such a spectacle. This is this is one of those movies where that's the way you really need to see it.
1: You know exactly. I think, yeah, it was this last week. Unfortunately, I get I didn't get to do it, but um, they showed it in the theater. You know that that oh. was it. Fathom. Oh yeah, yeah uh-huh. Fath- uh-huh. Fathom Events. They uh they sh- they showed it a couple nights last week. Oh cool. In, in theaters around the country, but unfortunately, I didn't get to. Uh, oh join man, it. I didn't even hear about that. That's cool though.
0: Yeah, it's you know again, it's one of those movies uh, that I like. I was saying a while ago is that most people get it, you mm-hmm. know, and and they love it. But there's some out there that once in a while I'll see, you know, one of the cult movie pages on Facebook. Somebody'll post it, and almost everybody has good things to say about it. But one or two people will go, "Oh, it's the worst movie ever made," or you know, "Oh, yeah. that's such a bad movie." And I'm like, "Man, you just you don't get it.
1: You don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't understand which, it. Yeah, which is kind of odd because it did do well. Mm-hmm. It, it it did better over in um, in Europe than it than it did yeah. here." now people always say it flopped here it didn't flop it probably didn't meet their expectations yeah it
0: didn't here. do star wars business
1: oh, no 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 and I've, I've you know been trying to think about over you know the past couple weeks as we were leading up to this yeah why why didn't it succeed as as much as it did in england because in england flash gordon is like a, a, a it's huge oh yeah it's, 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 I think I heard they like show it every holiday season. It's on TV over there. Oh, it's kind man. of like become a tradition. That's like cool. Around Christmas, they show Flash Gordon or something <laughs> like that. But, and, you know, and according to Brian Blessed, when he uh, got his Order of the British Empire given to him by the Queen, uh-huh. you know, she he says that she confided in him. That's like, oh, that's, that's one. that's my favorite film or it's one of my favorite <laughs> films. My grandparents or my grandchildren are, he's like, like, and then she called the grandchildren over and said, "Could you say Gordon's alive <laughs> to them?" <I> said, <laughs> Gordon's alive. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, according to him, Man. Flash Gordon is the Queen of England's favorite film. That's cool. According to Brian Button. Yeah,
0: and why should it not be?
1: You know exactly.
0: It, now, talking, to, you know, saying how it's so popular in England—that's that's also that's another topic of conversation—is that it does have kind of a european feel to the film
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, well you know the production is Dino de laurentis and mm-hmm. oh, who was some of the i think director of photography i, I can't remember his name yet. uh one of uh, one sure. of the other anyway some of the other production people there's like you know french italian
1: yeah it was yeah you it know was like all i think Sam and Melody were the only two Americans in the entire production. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. I mean it was shot in England. Yeah. So like half the crew was British, the other half was Italian and they were the only two Americans there. Yeah. So I could understand why they might claim it for their own. You know, they might say, Oh no, this is a British film. It's yeah. not an American production. Even though it's put out by Universal. Yeah. You know, they would say, Oh no, it was a British film. Yeah. And I could understand why it definitely has that European vibe.
0: Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. And, and it has it has almost a surreal kind of feel to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
0: a lot of the stuff and I mean it's, it's a fantasy film but it's a science fiction film. It's an action mm-hmm. film. Right. You know, and it's got so many different elements to it. You know, that that weave in and out of it as it goes on. And oh, one thing Alex Ross is pointing out too, getting back to a, se- a second talking about The overt sexuality and the undercurrents of it is a lot of people say, oh, well, the women are sexualized and with the scandalous costumes. But, you know, Flash is too. Exactly. He's in a tank top the whole time, most of the time. Most of the time. He's got that little Speedo outfit when he's getting killed. And he is the object of everybody's affection in the movie. Exactly. Whether it's, you know, the women want him for their own, the two main characters ming Mm -hmm. wants to kill him baron is jealous of him you know it's like everybody has a stake in in flash gordon and who he is and what he's all about in this movie yeah one way or emotionally you know and he is put on display right yeah you know so it's not it's just like it's like this all-around thing in there it's not just you can't pinpoint it as like exploit the women's sexuality in this movie. No, you're exploiting the dude's sexuality in this yeah, movie too. Much.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's and again it goes back to Alex Raymond's strips. That's the way he was mm-hmm. drawn in the strips. He ran around half naked all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's the character that, you know, in as the character in I guess in the strips too and in the movie, you know, the women want him and the guys want to be him.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You that's, know. That's the way it was in the strip. Every every like female he came across you know, got the hots for him. and yeah. tried to you know off Dale so she wouldn't be in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, talking uh, about the two now, leads,
0: it's kind of funny they they had to bleach Sam's hair blonde, right? And they uh, dyed Melody's hair brown.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was a blonde, and he was <laughs> he was a brunette. Going back to the way yeah. you said it has the you know the feel and the vibe of the film. Yeah. Now, did you know that Mike Hodges was he was not the original planned? director for this film.
0: Now, I was reading something about that. It went through a couple different uh hands or or at least a couple different choices they had.
1: Yeah, I think at first uh, Dino he had asked had thought about Fellini. Yeah, to direct it. But Fellini turned it down and so he um he then turned to a, another director. I believe his name was like uh, Nicholas if I'm pronouncing his name right Roeg, or uh-huh. OEG, he was the director of the man the man who fell to earth. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Some stuff like that. He was the original director. Okay. And he worked, they said he worked like a year on prepping for this film. Oh, wow. And, you know, and stuff like that. But he wanted to take it away from the strips and make it like this metaphysical story <laughs> where – flash was like some sort of galactic messiah and i'm like oh my god is he trying to turn it into dune or something yeah. and no nah, yeah that's he, not he flash envisioned point. mingo city being like this big crystal city and yeah. stuff like that and you know looked at it and said no thank you very much yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so you know he, he he left the film and so the way mike hodges took over was Dino was planning to make a film series out of this. He had planned oh. for like two more sequels. Oh wow. And he had asked Hodges to think about doing the sequel. And so when when this first director left, Dino said, "Can you you know will you take over take over now?" Yeah And so that's how that's how Mike Hodges got the job for the first flash film. huh. But I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen that way. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turned out the way it did instead of taking that, uh, you know, that sharp diversion from the source material. Yeah, like that would have
0: been. It would have been more of a selective cult's classic. <laughs> I think a yeah. smaller
1: audience would have <laughs> would have liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, speaking so. of
0: Fellini, there's that one part. I guess a little nod and a wink or tribute to him when I think it's Ara is uh, leading her.
1: Her little pet, yeah, whatever that
0: that <laughs> creature is supposed to be, and she says, "Come right. along, Fellini." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that was put in. Yeah, that was put in as a little tribute to uh, Frederico. Yeah,
0: now I tell you, we can. And you
1: recognize the uh, the little pet who played the little pet, don't
0: you? Now, was that Kenny Baker?
1: No, that was Deep Roy. That was Deep Roy. Okay, yeah, yes,
0: I knew he was in it. I knew Kenny Baker was in it, and I think, oh no, Kenny Baker, I think was one of the ones in the when they were being tortured.
1: Uh, possibly. In that scene. I I can't can't, remember. Yeah. Either that or he was one of those uh, creatures in Ming's throne room there at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Those little diminutive creatures, I think. In fact, I think basically the entire cast were time bandits. (laughs) Probably was.
0: (laughs) Man. Now, you know, we cannot talk about this movie
1: without
0: talking about the soundtrack.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. That is probably the most remembered thing through pop culture in general. Even if you didn't know the movie, yeah, you knew what, you know, as soon as you heard dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All you had to do was, you flash, and then they go, ah! Uh,
0: everybody knows that. And I was, knows. I was talking with Phyllis about this earlier. I said, you know, as good as this movie is, as much as we love it, it probably would not be half as enjoyable without that Queen soundtrack, right? Because it's such yeah. a big part of it. From from the mm-hmm. you know from the fade in from black to the opening credits to the end of the movie, the music is throughout the movie, and it's such a great hero theme. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. off the bat, it's the character's name, boom, right in your face, and then the guitar work, and it's just a an upbeat kind of rousing anthem.
1: You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's so different from some sort of symphonic score. Yeah. Of, you know, if they would have gotten John Williams for it, yeah. which, you know, I'm sure it would have been a fantastic score. Yeah. Would it have been Flash Gordon? I don't know. But. Yeah,
0: but it still has that, that kind of majesty of a symphonic score. Yes. And that's, you know, that's yeah. Queens. But yeah. even, I mean, the opening credits, you've got that great music, and then those, what, Alex Raymond, that great uh, artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, Giving you the the not the nod and the wink, but the tribute to the, the original strip, mm-hmm. and you know from the get go, you're you're glued in those opening credits and that music, and you're like, okay, seatbelt on, go entertain me. Yep, you know I'm ready.
1: <laughs> Bring it on.
0: And yeah, you know, I think i I did have that soundtrack album when it came out.
1: I did too, and I still have it somewhere. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. I'm, I'm God, I'm sure I've got it, but you know the opening, the main theme. I mean, I know I listened to the whole thing, but I'm sure I wore out that first track.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: More than all. And I think yeah. I might have had the 45.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my copy got, it got uh, yeah. a lot of playing mm-hmm. over my youth. Oh, yeah. A lot of scratches on that, uh, on that uh, album. <laughs> luckily we have CDs now, so. Yeah. Did
0: you see that episode of Family Guy where <laughs> Brian... And Stewie go back to World War Two. They go on a uh-huh. time machine and go back to World War II to rescue their Jewish neighbor who accidentally went in the time machine. Anyway, at some point they're flying in a, in a bomber and the Nazi plane is flying after them. And he says, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, this is it for us now. And Stewie or one of them says, oh, is it? And they look up and you hear dun 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 and it's a and it's a bunch of Hawkmen, and the lead one is it looks like brian bless he goes die and it's the, Bow, dun, 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 the the queen music it was oh my god oh dude if you haven't seen that you got to look up that clip it I'll, is i'll
1: have to hop on youtube and awesome. find that one <laughs> well i mean it doesn't i mean it doesn't surprise me i mean seth MacFarlane being a huge flash fan too oh yeah well it which, it's a which great leads into ted
0: I was gonna say, I was gonna bring that up too. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam Jones. <like> that. <laughs> I mean what a sport, parodying himself. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. But Ted and and uh was it Wahlberg? Yes. Yeah, they're playing every one of us in that in that scene. Oh yeah. Hang it being able to hang out with Flash Gordon and party and have fun with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, and then uh and then Sam comes back uh what was it last year for that uh that Walmart commercial or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Super Bowl ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all your all your favorite uh, sci-fi people come to uh, Walmart to get their groceries or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that it really is it's a tribute and stan- that it stands the the test of time. Mhm. That the movie was what early 80s right 80 uh 1980
1: 1980
0: well okay well that yeah. was early 80s yeah <laughs> Yep. yeah Very
1: 1980
0: early. and here we are in in 2020 yeah and people um, still love this movie and he's still sam jones making appearances of flash gordon in like that commercial and in the movie yeah. ted and and still relevant it's not like people are going okay who was that you know, this mm-hmm. is like this is we're doing this for you know one percent of the audience that might get it. It's no, no. Everybody's
1: going to know what this is. Yep, comes flying in on the uh, on the <laughs> rocket cycle,
0: <laughs> flying blind on a rocket cycle, <laughs> flying blind on a rocket cycle. Rocket
1: cycle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of some of the lines, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, uh, definitely campy.
0: You know, and like I was saying, you watch it if you haven't seen it in a while, and I mean, we probably watch it at least once a year, I would think, but you go back and watch it again and you see it on a different level. I think I was saying this earlier at different ages, as you, you know, when you're a kid and when you're a young adult and then an older adult, you still feel that sense of wonder. I think, at least I do Mm -hmm. when, from the first time you've seen it, but you see it, you enjoy it on a different level and you see different things in it and Kind of a whole, a bigger picture of it or a whole picture of the movie to where it's almost, I don't want to say it's like it's a perfect movie, but it's got just enough of the campy fun to not take itself too seriously, but not make fun of itself. Yeah. You know, but it's a straight ahead, it's just a straight action story. It's not, it doesn't have a lot of tangents or or a convoluted plot or, you know, like some movies get wrapped up too much in trying to show how clever they are. You know what I mean?
1: Mm, yeah. Some movies. Ma- some the movies Matrix. do. Huh? <laughs> the Matrix.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and this is like boom, here it is, in your face, action story. Good guys are gonna beat the bad guys. Exactly. And the spectacle is just keeps you entertained the whole time. I can't say enough good things about this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't care what the critics said.
0: No. No. And anybody who's listening to this and has not seen this Flash Gordon film. Do yourself a favor, cut this off. Go watch it right now, then come
1: back. Amen. It's, what he said.
0: Yeah, it's readily available. It's on DVD, and what do you say? Blu-ray just came out not long ago.
1: Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the 40th anniversary. Yeah, remastered. I've, I've got to get that. Yep. And in fact, they—I just found this out two days ago. There is a new hardcover coffee table book. Oh. Called Flash Gordon: The Official Story of the Film. Oh. That has just been published. It is 192
0: pages. Wow! Oh, that's got some gorgeous pictures in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Man, that's I'll... that's going to be a uh, a purchase. Maybe as soon as I get off of uh, this <laughs> podcast,
0: to... I'm gonna I'm gonna go look for that too. As soon as we, we get done here, I was looking up some of the props and things online, trying to see okay, you know where are some of these now? What do they look like? And mm-hmm. there's a few that are in some collections that are still look every bit as good as the day they were on the screen. And yeah. there are some that are worn, you know, Yeah. Uh, like yeah. one of the Klytus masks, it doesn't have any gold paint on it anymore, and yeah. uh, so a couple yeah, I mean, of the swords yeah, are beat props. up.
1: They they weren't meant to last, so. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it's um, cool to see those things up close.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's a guy I'm acquaintances with on Facebook. He started a Flash Gordon movie fan page. He lives over in England, uh-huh. and I guess he has a huge collection of... Oh. Flash memorabilia and, and some of the you know the screen used props and yeah. stuff like that and he'll he'll put some pictures out of those too. Oh, yeah. that's cool. and, and and like I said, some of them are in pretty good condition. Some of them are a little yeah. 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 <laughs> They've been in storage a little too long, but yeah, yeah. man, I, I but would regardless, love. Regardless, to... I'm very jealous of it. Oh yeah, Man.
0: yeah. I'm surprised. I'm kind of surprised that a mutual friend of ours doesn't have at least one uh, flash yeah. Gordon prop. Yeah, yeah. You know. a fr- friend of surprising. ours is an is a avid prop collector and has a really nice, anyway, not nice, has an incredible collection of screen-worn costumes and, and handheld props and everything. and uh Just, oh, Ooh. I would be jealous, but I'm just thankful
1: that we get to look at it. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, hey, I'm surprised he doesn't have
0: a Flash Gordon
1: piece. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'll just have to uh, tell them to keep an eye out during the uh, during the auctions. Yeah, man, that would be when, cool. those, uh, when those come up, and occasionally, you know, piece will come up. Yeah, every every once in a while. Well, I mean, there were
0: had to have been a dozen of those swords, those hook oh, swords, yeah. and helmets, and pieces of costumes and things. And mm-hmm. man, I wonder who has that Ming ring.
1: Oh man, you know,
0: there could have been yeah, but one that's... or two of those. I bet.
1: No, yeah. That's, that would be uh nice to know. Yeah. Hmm. I have uh I have thought about over the years, you know, just going back to our Dragon Con days. Yeah. I always wanted to make a really good Ming the Merciless costume. Mm. Yeah. Man. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day. Yeah.
0: Now I tell you, a friend of our um guy that Clayton and I know in California, guy we went to do the six million dollar man project with Kelly. Before I met him to do the $6 million man project we worked on, I had seen him at Dragon Con every year. He does incredible costumes. And he did a comic strip Flash Gordon costume one year that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like he just walked off the comic page, you know, had nice. that headpiece and the red shirt and the blue pants and the, you know, it just mm-hmm. fantastic. I have to check with him, see if he's come across any Flash Gordon Props, because that's what he does for a living. Is he restores props for collectors oh, nice. and museums and things. And man, I've seen some stuff. He sent some pictures. He worked on some Buck Rogers props not long ago, like Hawk's costume restoring that one of the Buck mm. the hero suit. Yeah, and some of the the guns and stuff. And uh, so yeah, I have to ask him if he's ever ever done any Flash Gordon stuff. Yeah, that would be
1: kind of cool to know. Were you at Dragon Con that one year? And this has been a long time ago. Yeah. Speaking of Flash costumes, uh-huh. um, there was a guy who did – he did a, a Flash Gordon from the, the 30s serial. Oh. But he did it all monochrome. Oh. He was all – it was all black and gray, and he even did he, – he even put face paint on. Oh,
0: no, I didn't see that. To make himself look
1: like he was entirely black and white.
0: That's awesome.
1: I was like, dude.
0: Man. <laughs> No, I, I I didn't see that. I saw pictures in a in a magazine or something one time, or maybe it was online of a guy that did Ming like that. Ooh, mm. the Middleton, you know, the Ming and in monochrome. But I know I didn't see the guy at Dragon Con doing Flash. Man, I yeah, bet that, that was, was awesome. that would
1: have been like in the early days of when when I started going. Oh, okay, yeah. So probably late nineties, mm-hmm. mid nineties, somewhere in there.
0: That's cool. Back when you could see all the costumes just about at DragonCon.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah when people warm around it was all a little the time. Bit more more small and intimate. Yeah. If you could call a crowd of 20,000 small and intimate.
0: Well, I mean, you know, two hotels full versus the entire downtown area. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Like I was saying before, this movie being from 80 and being you know, a, a moderate success, not a blockbuster like Star Wars, still has such right. a huge following and and such a fondness. You know, for mm-hmm. everybody that loves it, loves it.
1: Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to show it to, like, my nephews uh-huh. today. Yeah. You know, they're they're in their mm, early 20s. Well, let's see. One's in his mid-20s, one's in his early 20s, and one's mm-hmm. still in high school. I'd love to show it to them. Yeah. And just get their take on it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's our generation who saw it in the theater and then we saw it over and over and over when it, when it was on HBO and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, we grew right. up so, with the movie. Yeah. 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 So it's, they said that it, it grew that's as some people call it, that slow burn, Uh huh. you know, through the years. Yeah. And now it's, it's held in a lot more affection yeah. today. And so yeah, I'd be curious to see that.
0: that. That's the thing with us, I guess, growing up with it, you know, you watch it, and if you haven't seen something in a while, you have have a, a view of it, a remembrance of it, an affectionate remembrance. And then you go, mm-hmm. and some things you go back and watch, and you're like, oh, okay, this isn't as good as I remember it being.
1: You're right. You know, this yeah. is
0: just fond memories I have from yeah. my feelings, memories of feelings, not memories of the actual thing. But this is this is both. I, I think you know, I just watched it, like I said, just watched it today, and enjoyed it every bit as much. It was every bit as good as the first time I watched it.
1: Yes, it didn't lose anything.
0: It's not like, ooh, okay, whew, okay, I still like this, but it's not that great. But I still like it. No, it's it is that great, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I still like it.
1: Yes, and it is it is nice to be able to say that, like you said, instead yeah. going, "Oh, that was yeah.
0: yeah." Well, yes, like I said, I've said this probably a couple times already during this. It's got different th- so many different things going on on different levels throughout the whole movie that I think that's what kind of helps it it's not it's not just a one note movie it's not like okay we're going to make this campy sci-fi movie it's got some elements of camp in it
1: you Ooh. know
0: but it's got straight up action in it it's got it's a straight sci-fi movie it's got this you know cheesecake sexuality but it's not that's not what the movie's about it's just in right. there you know and it's a lot of that stuff all going on at the same time. I think you know that's one of the strengths of it, anyway. Mm-hmm. And oh man, you know, I want to, I want to go back and watch it again just, just to watch it because it's a, it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you know? Yes. The two main things you remember: first, mm-hmm. the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yes, And sir. then two, just the the visual impact it has. Oh yeah. Just the, you know all the primary colors and the. Uh huh. And all that stuff—it's bright. It is. It's it's it's, it's uh,
0: bright and shiny.
1: Bright and shiny, yes. It's not <laughs> dingy, there's there's not a dingy, muted anything no. about this film. No, it it is a feast for the senses. It is, and I'm glad to see it kind of making a comeback uh-huh. in certain films. Yeah. Like, well, like the director for um, some of the the Marvel movies, uh-huh. like, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Or the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy films uh-huh. are kind of getting back to that, where there's it's it's very bright, especially like Thor Ragnarok. I mean, it's there's very it's very bright, uh-huh. lots of primary colors, yeah. And the director it was also the director of that film was also a Flashboard fan. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, let's see, is the director of Ragnarok also who did Guardians? I can't remember. Mm, I can't remember. I can't remember. But they, they are Flash Gordon fans, too. Oh, okay. Cool.
0: Well, I'll give a, I'll give them that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Oh. And and they kind of have that vibe, especially Ragnarok. It's uh-huh. kind of got a little bit of that campiness and a little bit of that Flash Gordon vibe to it. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Taika Waititi. If you, if you say so. If I'm pronouncing so. it right. That was the director of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> he was tagged to do the, the you know, the remake or the reboot that had been planned.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Which, you know, I don't know how you feel about reboots, but that's one that mm-hmm. I've always said. You know, if 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 you have to have a reboot, can we have another flashboard please? Yeah. And do it right. Yeah,
0: do a straight, straight by the strip.
1: Yep. Solid yep. action story. That would be. Try, that would be None of this reimagining crap. Yeah. None of this old, um, you know, dark brooding crap. No, no, sir. Leave, leave that junk to DC. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. They were. They've been talking about a remake for years and years. and years, yeah. and, years. and the latest thing that had happened was they were going to do a um, an animated version. Oh. They were going to make it animated. And then what happens? it was under Fox. Fox had the rights to it. Yeah. And when Disney bought Fox, it has since been, I think, canceled.
0: Now, see, I would be excited about that, about an animated Flash Gordon feature. That would be mm. awesome. A live action one, I don't know, because this one is has such a such so iconic, mm-hmm. you know. But a serious like animated Flash corner feature, I think that would be the best way to do it, honestly, because mm-hmm. you could do anything.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of picky when it comes to animation, like, yeah, the style. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. You
1: know, I'm I'm kind of like if you were gonna do an animated one kind of make it the realistic animation for like they did on the, the filmation series. Yes, exactly. That's 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 more my taste. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I don't want it looking all Disney looking.
0: No. The furthest yeah, uh, the yeah, furthest I, I go I with mind. that, I like I like the animated Batman stuff, the Bruce Timm stuff. hmm But the further you go stylized away from that, you know, more stylized, yeah. I don't like it as much. I like yeah, the I more straightforward like you say, a little more realistic looking characters and stuff.
1: Yeah. Now there is a, in case you haven't seen it, there's a small little fan made Flash Gordon animation, kind of like a, a tribute. Oh. That's uh, out there. It is really good. I love it. Oh. I'll
0: <laughs> have to look for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube. Just look up. Probably just type in Flash Gordon fan okay. animation. Okay. Cool. Come. It's only about like three minutes. Yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's done kind of like a trailer. Yeah.
0: I'll look for that as soon as we get done here. Yeah, you'll uh, enjoy it, man. That's cool. It.
1: Now I guess I was we... like, now that I could I could take a film of that. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I guess we got we have to mention since we're talking about all Flash Gordon film and stuff. In passing, we have to mention that horrendous Sci-Fi Channel attempted at Flash Gordon series a couple of years ago.
1: I have blocked that out of my memory. I don't know what you're talking about. Kind of like Highlander too. I'm with you. <laughs> oh I, it God, never existed. Works.
0: And that's all that we need was, to say about it.
1: Uh, that, that was absolutely, yeah. We'll, we'll just brush, yeah, I uh, didn't, brush this topic very quickly. I didn't get that through
0: was, the the entire first episode. That's how bad it was. I didn't either. I didn't either. I just turned I it off. I'm like, it. what the hell is this? I could not stomach
1: it. That That is clearly, again, another example of people in charge who don't know what the hell they're doing.
0: Yeah, they have no clue.
1: They have no clue. And either that or they think, oh, well, you know... Flash Gordon is dated, and yeah. just can't play the way it was to a modern audience. So we got to do it like this, or and I'm just like, oh god, yeah, but yeah, that is that is
0: hideous, and it was such a success. Yes, getting canceled <laughs> that 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 proves that uh, they knew what they were yep. talking about, right? They okay, knew the crap <laughs> of what they were doing. Yeah, that oh, was man. awful. Oh, you know, talking about uh, the directors and all though, uh, Dino De Laurentiis. The produced Flash Gordon also was responsible for two other favorites of mine from that that era, that late seventies, early eighties. The King Kong, yes, you know whatever you think about the movie, how good or bad, it, I have a real soft spot for that movie. That was the first monster movie I saw in the theaters.
1: Same here, right? Yeah, okay, cool, here.
0: right on. And just the advertising campaign on that, the artwork was beautiful, and the movie's fun. Oh um, yeah, but yeah. that it's like King Kong, Flash Gordon, and then Conan. And De Laurentiis was responsible for all those, and I love Conan, the Schwarzenegger Conan film. Yes, oh, fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree,
1: but Flash is
0: probably the most—I guess—the most fun out of those. Mm -hmm.
1: Now I forget. Did uh, was Dino in charge of Barbarella too? Did he do Barbarella? I don't. Can't remember. Was it Roger
0: Vadim? He was. Didn't he direct it?
1: Yeah, I think so, but I couldn't remember I know. Dino produced I don't it. know. He might have. I don't know. Huh. Possibly. I'd have to look that Seems up. Seems
0: like something I should know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Dino's done a lot. Man. He's done a lot. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few clunkers here and there. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> King Kong live. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll lump that in with the TV series and with the Highlander 2. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. <laughs>
0: I think no, wait—is it lives or or escape? Wait, well, escapes was the older movie. Lives was the yeah, it was the eighties movie
1: with Linda yeah, Hamilton, right? I think so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. King Kong Lives was that awful piece of junk where, uh, like, once they hauled the Kong carcass off the uh, <laughs> off the World Trade Center parking lot, yeah, they found out like he was still alive or something like that. Oh, Just yeah, barely. Yeah. And there was, like, a another gorilla as well. Yeah, and, like and the Linda gorilla. Hamilton in that? Yes.
0: Okay, yeah, that's the one. The only redeeming quality of that movie is she rolls out of a uh, sleeping bag topless real quick. <laughs> that's, that's the greatest thing about that movie.
1: <laughs> so that tells you how good the rest of the movie was. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go.
0: Touching on the, real quick, the merchandising. For Flash Gordon, there really wasn't much. There wasn't, no. When the um, movie came out, I mean, I had a T-shirt. It was an iron-on. You go, you remember you used to go to the store in the mall yeah. or at the yep. beach, and you could get a pick an iron-on off the wall, and they'd put it on the shirt mm-hmm. right there for you. I had like the Flash Gordon logo T-shirt, yep. and then there was the soundtrack. There were no action figures back
1: then for it. No, no, um, no action figures. The only thing I remember was just like the novelization. Yeah. And then the, on the on the kids level, they had the storybook, you know, mm-hmm. hardback thing, yeah. very very short. Yeah. And
0: Marvel did a, Yeah, the comic adaptation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was about it. Yeah.
0: That's a, yeah. That's weird because this was eighty. This was right after Star Wars, the big merchandising boom. You would think they would have had something going in on the books because it's like the I Black Hawk, which we talked about a little while back. Another one that. Didn't do great at the box office. There's quite a bit of merchandising for that that came out a lot more than I thought. Going back and looking at researching it now, and it's the same thing where it's got kind of a cult following, not as big a cult following as Flash Gordon, but right. it came out about the same time. The space fantasy movie, tons Ooh. of merchandising. Flash Gordon, name a, a name recognition Ooh. for generations. You would think they would have had more merchandising for that, you know. Yeah, one would have funk. I mean, simple stuff like notebooks and you know, stuff it's like something. that. Or if not, I mean Sticker action figures book. is the the go to.
1: Didn't even have a uh, didn't even have like a, a, a bubblegum card set. Yeah. Back in the day when it didn't matter when, <laughs> you put you put a bubblegum card set for anything. Yeah,
0: happy days had a you know <laughs>
1: <Happy> <laughs> yeah, card and <laughs> Mindy had a card set for
0: Yeah, dogs, right? <laughs> everything had a card set. But this didn't. That is that is weird. That is really yeah. weird. They, It's like they missed opportunity.
1: But yet those Dune play sets just flew off the shelf.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, man. There, there's an antique store around here. I think I don't know if I took you guys by this one when you were in town a couple years ago. Big antique mall in Virginia Beach. And the, the uh, top yeah. floor. Yeah, I think you did. Okay, yeah. the top floor is all, it's like a toy store. Right. A collectible toy store. Not The last time I was in there was about a year ago now. Somebody had brought in and sold them a huge Dune collection, almost every Dune toy, a lot of them in the boxes. And I was thinking, who in the hell bought this shit when it came out? <laughs> to have, I mean, it was a nice collection, though, you know? <laughs>
1: but, yeah, but I mean, it goes back to what you said. I mean, Flash Gordon, family film. Dune, not so much. Yeah. So and let's they were make kids' to toys. Panhandle, panhandle, pander this stuff like it was Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't think that uh, Baron Harkonnen, uh, <laughs> with the uh, you know the the gross STD action figure, <laughs> exactly, you know, complete with heart plug that has squirting uh, black juice coming out. You know. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. uh. But
0: at least now, since then, in the last couple years, though, we have gotten some some nice Flash Gordon action
1: figures. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. They're yeah. very nice. So that's kind of cool.
0: And, you know, that's to me, I mean, yeah, the collectibles market has boomed in the last 20 years and mainly to adults. Yeah. For nostalgia. But mm-hmm. again, you got this movie that's from 1980 and brand new collectibles coming out and they don't stay exactly. on the shelves.
1: So yeah kind of like what you and, and Phyllis were talking about the uh, in your uh, black hole podcast yeah you got all these nice black hole action figures coming out and again for our generation who like oh, oh man that's awesome I gotta get it yeah
0: <laughs> it's, it's amazing it, it's really I mean you know you're not gonna see whatever what other popular movies that came out about that time that are that are critically acclaimed which I can't think of anything because I don't care about those movies uh, <laughs> but you're not gonna see you know, 30, 40 years later, merchandising for that come out, and it fly off the shelves. No. So, what makes a good movie? I mean, to me, Flash Gordon is up there as being one of the best movies ever, because it has that enduring fondness from people, you know, who go back to it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, Citizen Kane is a is a great film. You gonna watch that a couple times a year? No. <laughs> you gonna buy any Citizen Kane action figures? No, no,
1: no. Hey, You know, honey, honey, it's it's Friday night, date night. Let's just sit down. What do you want? Oh, let's let's throw in Schindler's List. Yeah. You know what those
0: figures would be? Peg warmers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh, I gotta man. get the I gotta get the chase oh. figure from the Schindler's List set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: you're not. But you know those flash Gordon figures you're gonna want them. I mean, you know. Or anything yep. else like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ooh, feel good film, film of the night. Let's, let's throw in uh, Blue Velvet. <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, the, man. You get that Dennis Hopper action figure in there.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Not going to happen. No, no, no.
0: Well, you know, I, th- I think when we start bringing up Schindler's list, uh, I, th- I, th- I think we've come to the end here. <laughs> 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 I don't know if we can <laughs> say any more. Uh,
1: that's all right.
0: And again, I say this once. I get once I get to a point in, in a lot of these podcasts, I always say, I can't think of anything else to say about the movie we're talking about, except I can keep repeating how much I love the movie. Yes, you know, and it's true. And this is again, this is this is one of those films.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I know. Well, I, I was gonna say I know that that you feel the same way. Duh, you wouldn't be talking about it here if you didn't.
1: Nah.
0: <laughs> but we, you know, whenever we. Or hanging out or conversations if Flash Gordon comes up somehow in some kind of reference somehow at yes. some point, so that that's a testament to it, if nothing else that's right that's but right. yeah, so I think that's about all i've got if unless you've got anything else that you can think of or wanted to mention about it,,
1: mm, I think we've hit all the high notes, and you've you've already given the command to those who haven't seen it to uh, yes, sir go forth and watch. So. Seek
0: it out. It's easy to find, easy to see. Do yourself a favor, buy yourself a copy. Yes. And yes. I'm going to try to put, as always, on the Facebook page, I'm gonna a lot of pictures from the movie, and I'm going to try to get some odd stuff like pictures of some of the props today and put up, because that's always interesting to me. Phil is off to the side here and reminding me we usually do at the end of a lot of these episodes we play the Planet of the Apes game. Of course, this is something Clayton and I started 100 years ago where, much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, Mm -hmm. which we did, we started this before that, by the way, you can connect anything in the world back to Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes. So Mm -hmm. usually Phyllis will give me an actor or something from the movie, and I'll connect it back in a certain amount of steps. Uh, As few as I can, can. Sometimes it goes longer. Throw somebody from the movie, and I'll see what we can do by connecting it back.
1: All right. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Oh... I don't want to go uh, too deep in the cast list, so... Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, because um, I, I, I would have to take a break on some of those uh, European actors I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would,
1: that would be kind of hard, uh, considering I think Ornella Muti basically only did uh, uh,
0: Italian nope. films. I, I can do her in two steps.
1: Two steps? Three three steps, maybe. Yeah, okay, well... You want Ornella you, Muti? you got?
0: Okay. Ornella, Ornella Muti you. was in Oscar with Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. Tim Curry was in Oscar with Sylvester Stallone. Tim Curry was in Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror, O'Brien, who was also in Flash Gordon, was in Shock Treatment with Jessica Harper, who was in Phantom of the Paradise with Paul Williams, who was Virgil in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) The world indeed revolves around Planet of the Apes.
1: It does. It
0: does, brother. <laughs> so go watch all the Planets movies and Flash Gordon.
1: And Flash Gordon. That's
0: right. Right on. Well, man, this has not been necessarily fun. Necessarily
1: in that order.
0: Yes, not necessarily in that order. I'm glad we did this, Ron. This has been fun, man. I love this yeah, movie, and fun. and we don't we don't get to talk that often, being that we're you know on different parts of the country, not different sides yes, of the country, yeah. but
1: yeah,
0: yeah, you know. So this is cool. I enjoy this. We we'll have to definitely do another one sometime, or it, like I was saying earlier, see if I can get a some more uh, inputs here on the mixing board and. Get a couple of of the guys together, we'll do like a round table thing or something sometime.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Get get the rest of the crew in.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. Well right on then. I'm gonna sign off here till till next time everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night everybody. Bye.